Hey, Team Duff, just an update for this episode. Since we recorded, actress Mary Pat Gleason, who played Eleanor in A Cinderella Story, passed away at age 70 after a five-year battle with cancer. In an email tribute to USA Today, Hillary said she is so saddened by this news. She went on to say, quote, I loved being on set with her. Just being in her presence, you felt comfortable and safe, like a warm hug. I feel grateful to have gotten even the small amount of time with Mary that I did many moons ago. My thoughts are with her family. I definitely want to dedicate this episode in Mary's memory as we celebrate a film we all love. So here's the episode. I always wanted that dress to be my wedding dress. <laughs> Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. What a woman. You're not very pretty and you're not very bright. That was so mean. <laughs> hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. Well, the time has finally come. I am so excited to welcome both halves of All That in a Bottle of Wine to Duff Enough. We have Lauren returning and we have Jeanette making her Duff Enough debut. Hey, ladies, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. So good to be back. What an intro, my God. Not deserving. Whatever, whatever. But Lauren is like, Lauren, you're like a veteran of this show at this point. Am I? Um, <laughs> yes, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that our Santa Claus Lane episode, go check it out with Lauren. I mean, why not? Why not? But I think this episode is really going to be special because it is a Cinderella story, which I'm so excited to dive into. I know people are really excited about to hear us talk about this movie because it's one of her most popular films. It's one of my favorite movies, and we will get into that. But first, we've got to talk to Jeanette and find out her Hillary fandom here. So three questions for you, Jeanette. The first question, what is your favorite Hillary Duff movie? And you can say a Cinderella story. Okay, and I'm going to say it's a Cinderella story because it is. Amazing. That's my favorite. I love it. I don't know if we talked about this on the other podcast, Lauren, but on the Hillary Duff episode of All That in a Bottle of Wine, you said that a Cinderella story, you would choose that movie like you would go live in that movie over the princess diaries which bold <laughs> i stick to that it's a good movie and she falls in love with chad michael murray i don't know she's mia Theropolis is a princess but this girl goes to princeton where the princes go okay. and so she'll probably become a real princess <laughs> okay. and there you have it moving on Okay, next question for you, Jeanette. What is your favorite Hilary Duff song? I'm scared. Okay, I think it's definitely So Yesterday. Ooh. Back in the day, Hilary. Throwback. Love it. And last question for you here. What is your favorite episode of Lizzie McGuire? I'm a sucker for any holiday-themed episode anything. She is. Thank you, Lauren. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what am I going to say? Are you going to say the Halloween episode? I am going to say the Halloween episode. The it Day of the Dead? Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. No, good choice. Good choice. I tried to be the vampire girl that Kate was in that episode for Halloween in fifth grade. And I ended up looking like a prostitute and my dress <laughs> fell down as I was trick-or-treating. So I, that's a bad memory. Wow. We got to plug all that in a bottle of wine and not only plug it, but since we last spoke, Lauren, you all got to interview Davida Williams, who played Claire on Lizzie McGuire. So tell me all about it, please. God. It was so fun. She was so nice. 
It like felt like we were hanging out with a friend. I know. She was so cool. So cool. She follows us on Instagram. Lauren got a like. Yeah, she liked one of my photos. I couldn't believe it. What? I know. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, I, you know what's funny? Now I check my stories to see if she views my stories. It's like stalking. She doesn't. Um, but yeah, no, she's really cool. She gave us some really fun info. I know. Very fun stuff yeah, that so she like went through with her life. And I yeah. feel like is not affected by it in like a negative way. Like she had a good time and like loved her Disney experience. Got yeah. to do really cool stuff. She seemed very down to earth. Yeah, and she's still like doing cool stuff. And you guys great. should follow her on Instagram because like she's beautiful. Oh yeah. So check out her episode to hear more about her time in Lizzie McGuire. I know. Yes. I mean, it was a great interview overall. Props to you guys. And you asked about Raise Your Voice, which she was also in with Hillary. So yeah. Yes. And I will let you go ahead and just tell listeners where they can find all that in a bottle of wine if they are not familiar. They can find us on Apple. They can find us on Spotify. Basically, wherever you get your podcast, you can get your podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's just all that in a bottle of wine. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at all that in a bottle of wine. Yeah, it's all the greatest throwback. I mean, it's it's so good. And at the end of the show, we're actually going to do a, a segment, I believe, that you all do on your show yeah. on Deaf Enough. And I'm very excited. In the meantime, though, we do need to get into our Cinderella story discussion. I forgot to mention, I'm a little under the weather. My voice may sound different. It may not. I don't know. But I was like, I'm not canceling this. This episode is too important. I've been waiting for this moment, Lauren and Jeanette. So we're making this happen. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our silver screen queen. It's time for Block Duffster. So diving in here, I've got some stats about the movie, and it was released on July 16th, 2004. I remember seeing this in theaters for sure. Do you all have like vivid memories of seeing this movie for the first time? I did not see it in theaters. Yeah, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't really remember seeing it that way. My mom bought it in those bins in Walmart on DVD. Yeah. Well, I had the DVD as well, I have to say, but I played it over and over and over because I loved it so much. It was that good. It never gets old. Okay. This was a Warner Brothers uh, release for Hillary. The director is Mark Rosman, and he also directed several episodes of Lizzie McGuire, and he would go on to direct Hillary in The Perfect Man. It debuted at number four at the box office uh, behind iRobot, Spider-Man 2, and Anchorman, the sequel to Anchorman. So I think Fourth behind those movies, Hillary, you did good. In total, $70 million, huge hit for Hillary. Love to see it. Yeah, and to put that into perspective, $19 million budget, so she made bank for them. Um, It got some awards here, nominated for five Teen Choice Awards. It won for Choice Movie Blush Scene, so congrats to Hill and Chad on that one. And then Hillary won the Kids' Choice Award for Fave Movie Actress uh, for the role of Sam Montgomery. So congrats, Hillary, on that. Really quick, I want to talk about the soundtrack to this movie, which I owned. And I had no idea that this soundtrack was so successful. Number nine on the Billboard 200. Wow. Number one on the soundtracks chart. It had a couple of, like, Hillary Duff songs, right? Like, the song that they play when she's writing off at the end of the movie is from one of her albums. Yes. So that's anywhere but here. Yes, you're correct. Also, this is where we got Our Lips Are Sealed from Hillary and Haley. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Really? Why? Why scene? was it in this movie? It was in the movie? What scene is that in? No, it wasn't really 
featured in the movie, but it was a promotional like single with the movie and the music video. What an odd pairing. That's weird. That. I know. But okay. And Hillary has a song called Crash World on the soundtrack too, which I know the like hardcore fans are going to remember that song. Jesse McCartney had a couple songs on here. He has the song The Best Day of My Life, which is weird because in the movie, it's not Jesse McCartney singing that song. And there's also a couple of songs, like there's a song called Now You Know that someone else sings in the movie, but on the soundtrack, Hillary is singing it. So very strange, very strange. Crazy. I definitely did not have the soundtrack, but I'll pull it up on Spotify later. And then the last note I made here about some stats and fun facts there have been so many sequels, like direct-to-video sequels to this movie. Have you guys seen any of them? Yes. I saw the Selena Gomez one. Okay, me too. What was that one called? Another Cinderella Story? Mm-hmm. So Another Cinderella Story had Selena Gomez. There was one with Lucy Hale, one with Sophia Carson. I know this is not a Selena Gomez podcast, <laughs> but it had a weird song in it. Tell me, tell me, tell me something I don't know, something I don't know. Oh. No, but see, I love when y'all sing on your podcast. So <laughs> It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, All right. There was also one with Lauren Murano, who was like a Disney Channel star for a minute, too. But anyway. Yeah, you don't need sequels to a perfect movie. Yeah, no. Absolutely. I want to run down the cast list here and just kind of get your reaction to these actors who are in this movie. Of course, we have Hillary as Sam Montgomery. Iconic. I mean, she's beautiful in this movie. She She is. I mean, when she walks down those steps, come on. Come on. I always wanted that dress to be my wedding dress. <laughs> you can get that. I'm serious. I'm sure you could find that. It was so beautiful. She did look amazing. Look Do we want to talk about her wedding for a second? Oh, oh perfect. My I can't. I honestly, I can't talk about it. I can't. It's too good. She looked great. She looked perfect. That dress was amazing. Unbelievable. He looked so happy. The cutest. Uh, Their honeymoon, too. Uh, Africa. I couldn't believe it. I looked online to see how much it would be to go on a safari like that. And they didn't have the price listed. That's how much it is. Yeah. And so then I realized I will never be able to go. Africa's so expensive. Just even get there from here. So expensive. The flight alone. Well, I'm glad they had a good time. She did come back without a job, though. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, girl. We're not even getting into that. Ugh. Honestly, she looked good before the dress. I liked her look with the hat, with her L.A. Dodgers hat. (laughs) Yeah. Sporty Sam. They did have a task, you know, to kind of make her, well, any Hilary Duff movie where she's playing like kind of this dorky character, it's like they're tasked with how do we make Hilary Duff not look like the most beautiful person on campus or whatever the scenario is, so... I know on the bonus features for the DVD, I remember they talked about, like, the costume designer was talking about how to make Hillary stand out, they put her in blue and they put everyone else in other colors. No, she's definitely, I mean, you can tell she's always in blue. You could, like, they're just trying to drab her down, you know? Mm-hmm. Next, Chad Michael Murray as Austin Ames. Were you guys big One Tree Hill fans? Did you love Chad Michael Murray? Big Chad Michael Murray fan. (laughs) I've never not been a Chad Michael Murray fan. I loved One Tree Hill. I absolutely adored him in Gilmore Girls. He was perfect in this movie. He was great in Freaky Friday. I mean, he's just truly such a heartthrob. He's so good looking. And this is my personal opinion, but Chad Michael Murray is not my favorite actor, no. I will say. Absolutely. But this movie, he did a great job. And I think yeah. lots of coaching from Hill, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but he did really well in this movie, and he was too cute. No. 
we love. And of course, there's the whole like he did the movie with Lindsay Lohan, and then he did the movie with Hilary Duff, and that's a whole thing. But anyway, we love the drama. <laughs> love the drama. <laughs> I cannot even with this next actress, but Jennifer Coolidge as Fiona. Everything. What a woman. The fear that she put in me being that stepmom, I was just like, you were everything in my nightmares. She's perfect for this. She's one of those actresses that is just like a chameleon in the role. Like she becomes her character in such a way that like when I watch this, I don't think about her as Paulette and Legally Blonde. You know, like she is just her character. Yeah. All hell Jennifer Coolidge. She's amazing in this movie. All right. Oscar winner Regina King as Rhonda. I mean, Hillary has really, like, she has starred alongside some amazing people. And Regina King going up to get her Oscar a couple years ago, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's Rhonda. It's Hillary Duff's co-star. And it was around the same time that Alex Bornstein kept getting stuff for yes! Marvelous Miss Maisel. And I was just like, Hillary's time will come. Listen, she deserves awards for Younger, so. I've heard great things about Younger. I've and have you watched. started it? No, okay, I'm done with you. Are okay. You- Jeanette! No, hey. it's my favorite show. Hey, I'm busy. And wait, we have to talk later about that finale of the previous season because I have no one to talk about it with. Thank you. Okay. But yes, Regina King, so fierce in this movie. Her attitude, like, she just nails it. And she really embodies the very godmother role. You might not have as big of a reaction to some of these names, but we've got Dan Bird as Carter, Madeline Zika as Brianna from The Nanny. She starred in that oh, show. Oh, right. Yeah. She's actually nanny? been in a few different things. She was uh, in an episode of Gilmore Girls. But yeah, obviously her biggest one was The Nanny. Yeah. So that was one of the stepsisters. And then the other sister, her name is Andrea Avery, Gabriella. Julie Gonzalo is Shelby in this movie. And... We also saw her as kind of the villain character in Freaky Friday. So interesting that she got into that role again and another movie with Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. Why did they have like the same casting pool for Freaky Friday? I don't know. And just kind of like replace the main girl with two that kind of disliked each other at the time. (laughs) Yes. And then the last name I wrote down here, Simon Hilberg as Terry, and he is uh, on The Big Bang Theory. So he was a cast member on that show. And here he plays a weirdo. Yeah, he's like that guy that meets her in the middle of the floor at first, right? Uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like pretends he's Austin. That's a good one. Jumping into the movie here, we'll kind of hit the highlights, but I definitely want to kind of go from start to finish. And this is great, like, setup at the beginning of the movie. And we see little Sam Montgomery. And it actually starts with Once Upon a Time, and there's a snow globe, and then it transitions into San Fernando Valley. And like I said, little Sam and dad. And it's just this great relationship. She plays baseball. He has a diner. It's so sweet. But then he meets... Fiona. And here she comes to like wreck everything. I don't know what the dad was thinking there. But anyway, it is a Cinderella story. And that's how the story goes. Let's talk about the scene with little Sam and the dad. When at this point, the dad's married and all that. But this is before the earthquake. And he's like reading her a story in bed. And like, oh, this is heartbreaking. I'm terrified of earthquakes because of this freaking movie. Are you serious? Yeah, when I lived in LA. I was so scared of earthquakes that I wanted to have like a helmet under my bed. Oh my I didn't, but I wanted to. No. And I remember, I'm sorry, tangent, but I remember being in California and like my first day at work, they were like, okay, and here's all like the information for earthquakes, tornadoes, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, where do I go for an earthquake? And everyone laughed at me. <laughs> I watched a Cinderella story. Did you ever feel one? 
No. Oh. I love that you have that connection though with this movie and the earthquake scene. I mean, it is pretty terrifying. Like he dies. Yeah, he dies. He, he, he goes, does, I'll, he goes, I'll be dying. right back. And he never comes <laughs> back. Okay. Yeah. That was like a very serious earthquake. That's what's scary is that it's bound to happen. And you know, St. Louis is on a fault line. Oh God. Okay. So before the dad dies though, RIP dad, they do have this lovely conversation and you know, he read her a fairy tale and she's like, do fairy tales come true and all this? And he's like, no, but dreams come true. And, he wants her to go to college and he tells her, you know, the dreams that he has for her. And she asks him, where do the princesses go to college? And Lauren, you, you mentioned this line earlier. So what is her response or what is the dad's response? Uh, they go where the princes go. They go to Princeton. Yes. And I love that that sticks with her the whole movie. And that's what she ends up wanting to do when she grows up. It stuck with me my whole life. Yeah. Wait, did you go to Princeton? No. <laughs> okay. We also get the incredible line here of never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. And how motivational is that? How motivational? Oh, so motivational. And it really is true, you know? Like, you just got to take risks and you got to do things even if they scare you. Yeah, I had that as a screensaver on my computer for years. Oh my God, are you serious? Love it. Of course I'm serious. And it ties in because, like I said, she was a little baseball player with her dad. And then we also see grown up, well... We see teenage Sam also kind of playing baseball here and there. So then the earthquake happens, the snow globe crashes, and that's when everything falls apart. We see eight years later, Sam is now literally Cinderella. She's a maid to her stepmom, Fiona, who turns out to be this evil woman who loves Salmon. And there's this great moment when we first kind of see the dynamic here of Sam and Fiona where they're in the middle of a drought, we find out. And then Fiona is like sprinklers going in her yard. And uh, Sam's like, we're in the middle of a drought. And she says, droughts are for poor people. And then we get this wide shot of like the neighborhood and every yard the grass is just, you know, destroyed. And then there's their yard, which is green and taken care of. They were not conserving agua. Oh, I wrote down that we get the song Crash World whenever Sam is headed to school. Actually, she's not headed to school. She's headed to the diner because she goes to work before school, which is ridiculous. But anyway. The hustle is real. Yeah. That's where I meet Rhonda, who's the fairy godmother. And she actually makes Sam go to school, which I love. And then we meet Carter. And can we talk about, like, his what he walks out of the house in because he's like an actor. So, Oh, isn't he walking out and like, he's like in hip hop clothes or something. Yeah. He's like a rapper. And he says, this is my Snoop Dizzle look. The whitest thing I've ever seen. Yes. Thank you. Yes, it, it is. It is. When we get to the high school, I just made a note about how so early 2000s everyone looks and how this movie now to me looks dated in a way that it used to not look that way. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a time gone by and like everybody on their flip phones and all that. So yeah, I miss that time. Isn't she on like a sidekick? No, like she she's just doing had a, lot a flip this, phone. Like, love, like, yeah, but she just had a flip phone. She was using T9 phone. to text. Oh yeah. Those were the good old days. I'm telling you. They were. We didn't have so many distractions. Yeah. Just living in the moment and looking at Chad Michael Murray. The school announcer girl is some comic relief here and there, I feel like. She's kind of strange and alternative rocker type and just wanted to mention her. We meet Shelby and Austin in the parking lot because they keep taking Sam's parking spot and they call her diner girl. She wants the hookup for like all the food and milkshakes. So I don't know why they were giving her a hard time. And they go to the diner. Like they go there. They order like, I don't know. The name calling is not. 
It's rude. Bullying. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. The other character we meet, we meet Terry, and he's like the weird guy who is really sweet to Sam, and he's got a shirt on that says Darth Vader was framed, and I don't know, he's like acting like he's talking to aliens or something, and it's just weird. Okay, would you all like to break down kind of the situation where Sam has a secret admirer, and that's who she's texting on her blue flip phone? Is it a secret admirer, or is it just someone she met at like a Princeton chat room? They met in the Princeton chat room, and it's uh, Princeton girl and Nomad. and Nomad. Nomad. Oh, my oh, God. God. I love their, like, montage of them just, like, going through school day texting. Yeah, and the texting <laughs> was so, like, their conversations were so mundane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, haha, and then they, you watch her, like, smile. Right, like, it's right. It's just funny. And there's, like, the, there's the one scene where they're obviously in the same space, but, like, they don't know who's who because there's a lot of students around and there's like a teacher doing something weird and he like texts her like the froggy yeah he's like ribbit ribbit yeah, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> it's ribbit, ribbit. and she's like laughing so hard like what is this she sends him lol and we hear her say like laugh out loud <laughs> yeah. oh, oh i love so, yeah. those days i, I mean know. i still text my boyfriend but he's not saying ribbit ribbit <laughs> oh my gosh one thing we do learn from this day-long conversation because they're they're literally talking all day like they're texting they're doing instant message they're staying up till 2 a.m but we learn that austin wants to go to princeton as well and he wants to be a writer so it's like, oh, the football star. I don't know if we mentioned that he's like the football jock. <laughs> I'm sorry, pause. Can we think of one Chad Michael Murray like character that he was not trying to be a writer? He has a lot to say. No, he's just so broody looking. They're like, he has to be a writer. <laughs> he really is always Oh a writer. my god. But yeah, you're right. Wants to go to Princeton, wants to be a writer. Shocked. Dad yeah. Owns a car wash, right? Yes, his dad does own the car wash, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about about their little conversation on that first day where we see them talking is that, you know, Nomad is like, meet me at the homecoming dance in the middle of the dance floor at 11. And she doesn't really reply or whatever. So we'll see how that turns out in a bit. You mentioned the car wash. And I, I wrote this line down because it's so good. But Sam pulls up to like to Chad Michael, there. What is his name? To Austin at the car wash, and he's like, "You need a wax," and she says, "Excuse me," and he's like, "I meant the car." Yeah, that was good. Yes, and okay. The next scene here, which is where Sam goes home to see Fiona, and she's in the tanning bed. I do remember her having a tanning bed in her house and thinking that was yeah. insane. I knew someone with a tanning bed in their Did house. Did you really? Yeah. She's basically telling Sam that she's got to work tonight and Sam cannot go to the dance. And Sam is saying, you know, Fiona, please let me have this one chance because she wants, of course, to go see Nomad. But anyway, Fiona says, someone has needed to tell you this for a while, but you're not very pretty and you're not very bright. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're not very pretty and you're not very bright. What a queen. God, what a funny delivery on that. Yeah, I'm telling you, everything she said was so specifically deliberate and great. Like, I laughed out loud every time I heard her say that on television. And yet, like, it's the meanest thing you can say to a child. You're not very pretty. You're You're not not very very pretty. pretty. You're not very bright. (laughs) Which is also, like, obviously wrong. You know? know. It's ridiculous. There's another line, too, not too long after this that I love, where they're at the diner, and Fiona says something like, I'm a very appealing person. 
Sam and Rhonda repeat it and they're like, I'm a very appealing person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. So we're at work now, and then Austin and Shelby and their crew come and have dinner at the diner. Some more great dialogue here. Shelby's like, what can I get here that has no sugar, no carbs, and is fat-free? And Sam, as their waitress, says, water. Come on, Sam, let her have it. And then we see Austin break up with Shelby because, I mean, man, like, he's about to go meet his Princeton girl, so he can't be with her now. Fast forward a little bit. Carter comes to get Sam at the diner, and he's dressed as Zorro. I love the whole deal where he is talking with Rhonda. He's like, go ahead, girlfriend. And she says, if you call me girlfriend one more time. (laughs) I loved his little outfit, though. Yeah, he looked good. Between Carter and Sam's co-workers, they all convince her to, like, sneak away from the diner. They're going to cover for her if Fiona comes back or whatever and go have fun and go to this dance, which... There's a cool montage where Sam is trying on some costumes at a Halloween store because that's the catch. She was like, I don't have a I don't have a costume. Love a montage. montage. We love it. So good. The best part of the movie. Some of the costumes, she's got Porky Pig, she's got a nun. Nothing's really working out though, but then Rhonda sees a mask and she gives Sam her wedding dress to go with it, which Rhonda's I don't think she's been married. She's like, This is for if I ever go down the aisle or something. And it's beautiful, as we talked about earlier. Beautiful. It's my wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Lauren in it. <laughs> yeah. I do want to mention kind of what the other characters were dressed as. So the twins dress as conjoined Siamese cats, which is something. Shelby and her cohorts are angels. Austin is Prince Charming instead of the third musketeer with his two friends. So we kind of messed that up for them. So now we're at the dance, and this moment which we kind of touched on earlier, but when Sam walks in the room and turns heads and we hear that song and she walks down the steps and the spotlight is on her. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like Hilary Duff is just, she's everything in that moment. She looked so good. Like, And I remember Shelby saying, who is that? She says, love her dress, hate her. So we have that amazing moment. Sam goes to the middle of the dance floor and that's when Terry shows up for a minute and she's thinking, oh my goodness, he's nomad. What is this? But then Austin shows up and she turns around and she's like, Austin Ames? And this is where we get into the discussion of like, Austin does not recognize her. And there's there are so many memes and whatnot where it's like, how did he not recognize her at this dance? And I'm like, no, people, like, don't worry about it. Like, that's the whole point. You could say that about Cinderella, like the original Cinderella. I mean, there's nothing really changed about Cinderella except for the dress that she's wearing. Yeah. You know? So like And let's not forget the brandy one. Yeah. How could you forget? How could you forget? You can't forget that. <laughs> Who is this woman outside of her? Yeah, I think you gotta just um suspend your disbelief on that one and yeah. it's fine. I mean, yeah, she's only wearing a mask, but I think it's fair. I think it's fine. Also I think it adds to the element of the fact that she was so invisible because she's this like nerd in high school that no one really notices and she's just like the diner girl and no one really knows what her face looks like because she's, you know, a nerd. Yeah, and and there's a line a little bit later too when they're under the gazebo and he's saying, you know, how have I seen you before and not recognize you? And she says something like Maybe you were looking, but you weren't seeing or something. It's like, oh, that's deep. Detail. Get him. Yes. Now, at first, when she sees that it's Austin, she's kind of like, no, I'm not doing this. But then he talks her into, like, having a moment with him. They wander outside. And I just love this whole scene where, well, first, they have this game of 
well, it was 20 questions and then it became 10 questions. And he's like, a rice cake or a Big Mac? And she says, Big Mac. And then we get the beautiful like dance into the gazebo. And it's just, I mean, we have the song I'll Be. And- that is so good. Oh. This soundtrack is Yeah, that soundtrack is It should have been really number good. one. That's crazy. There's a lot of good music in this wow. movie. Yeah, that's, that's good. I always wanted that song at my wedding, too. Oh my god. Lauren, you talk like you're not gonna have a wedding. Come on. You're gonna have it this wedding and you're gonna have that song there. I'm leaving you. <laughs> my husband would leave me. <laughs> I honestly will I'll watch you try to figure out a way to make all of it happen discreetly. We'll figure it out. Maybe if we play it during the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Such a good song. I'll be <laughs> it is really too good. good. I also want to point out when they start dancing, they didn't have any music. And then there just happened to be musicians standing by and they start playing and then we transition into the song. So that's Hollywood. Jumping back inside really quick. I do want to talk about Carter's moment as Zorro when uh, this one guy, well, one of Austin's friends hits on Shelby and he's kind of aggressive. And then Carter comes in as Zorro to like save the day. And there's this whole like action sequence if you want to call it that and Zoro wins and I wrote down the line where he says I start in Pirates of Penzance three summers in a row and then he gets to make out with Shelby and that's the whole thing but anyway after Sam and Austin finish their dance he's gonna take off the mask and then her phone starts beeping her phone is like attached to her ankle and she says I'm late she has to go and he's like for what and she says reality which uh So good. So good. Back to the salmon. Yeah. Of course, as she's leaving, instead of a glass slipper, what falls off? Her cell phone. And that was, I remember at the time thinking that this was just so innovative and groundbreaking. Like, they made this Cinderella movie, but they made it modern. And oh my goodness, because we're living in this technological age where it's a cell phone instead of a glass slipper. Like, I thought that was just genius. It blew my mind. It did. When I was that age, I was like, oh my God, yes. The modern world. And... Yep. <laughs> we get another great um, Jennifer Coolidge moment here where she picks up the stepsisters from the dance and she's not showing any emotion because she's had Botox. Her line is, it's the Botox. I can't show emotion for another half hour. I think she was mad because they didn't win like best dressed or whatever. And actually, Sam and Austin won the best dressed couple. So there's a little car chase situation. It's not really a chase, but basically... Fiona and the stepsisters are trying to get back to the diner because they think they saw Sam. And then Sam's trying to get back there before Fiona. And I wrote down a line because I knew that y'all would appreciate it. But Carter refers to the stepsisters as the wannabe Olsen twins. Which is hilarious because, like, they're not. Not even close. Not even a little. (laughs) My God. No. Sam does make it back to the diner. She sneaks in the back. It's all good. Carter's card gets destroyed. That's the whole thing. But anyway. Back at school the next day or the next Monday, whatever, there's this whole search for who is Cinderella. And I mean, Austin Ames, he was he was going all in on trying to find this girl. I mean, those flyers were everywhere in that school. I know he was working his angles. He was in love, people. He was in love. Sam does not want to tell Austin that she's Cinderella, though. Like, she's just going to let this blow over. I think she just thinks, you know... That they live in two different worlds, and that was kind of her one like fairy tale moment that she had. And yeah, it's Jennifer. She has to go to school. She's focused. Yeah. When they do cross paths in the hallway, though, she actually gets distracted and runs into a locker, which I was like, oh, that reminds me of Lizzie McGuire. 
Um, just to wrap up the whole Carter Zorro thing, he goes and tells Shelby that he was Zorro, and she's like, no, forget it. It's not happening. The stepsisters have a little sneaky moment where one of them looks at Sam's computer and finds out that she's Cinderella. You know, she sees the messages with Austin. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. And they actually go and try to pretend to be Cinderella at the car wash. And, you know, he's like, well, if you're Cinderella, tell me what Cinderella dropped. And one of them says a wallet and the other says a fish, which I guess maybe she was thinking about the salmon. I don't I don't know. Honestly, she was kind of weird. So yeah. it checked out. She farts at the beginning of the movie. Because she has a spastic colon. A water. <laughs> it's fine. Jeanette. <laughs> oh, gosh. And the stepsisters end up fighting and they wind up, they go inside a car wash and it's weird, but whatever. Okay. At some point, Sam does decide to tell Austin or she decides she's going to tell him. And he actually stops by the diner and gets some coffee and he doesn't recognize Sam. She almost tells him she's Cinderella, but then Fiona interrupts, of course, And in the meantime, the stepsisters have gone to tell Shelby that Sam is Cinderella. And the cheerleaders and the stepsisters, they put on this skit at the pep rally before the football game. And they expose Sam and they embarrass her and they read her emails and she cries. But we love a Hillary cry in a movie. (laughs) That was so mean. I just remembered that entire sequence with you retelling that and I got mad thinking about it. They would have all been suspended. Truly. Also mean to both of them because it was Chad Michael Murray. I'm sorry, Austin. It was Austin Ames. Like they that were was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They're so mean. But like I said, Sam cries and Hillary, I mean the tears, it was amazing. And she goes home and Fiona actually shows Sam a fake rejection letter from Princeton because she really got in. Torturing this poor girl. Awful. Yeah, the worst. Um, and she's like, do you want a cookie? Mm, it's so moist. Mm. All right, Fiona. She's gross. <laughs> we get another lovely montage where Sam is just sad and we see her on the floor of the diner. And then Rhonda goes up and like literally picks her up. And it's very metaphorical, honestly. And she picks her up off the floor and she gives her a pep talk. And she says, you know, look at how blessed you are. You've got all this support around you and all this stuff. Talking about the coworkers and whatnot. This is when the stepsisters walk in to the diner, slam the door, and the guitar falls off and pulls down the wallpaper. And it reveals where the wall used to say, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Something clicks with Sam in that moment. After that pep talk, she sees the quote and Fiona's like, I'm going to need you to clean the pool tonight. And Sam says, no. Sorry, Lauren. I just said said I just got got chills. chills. I'm fine with that. That's good. No, you're right. Sam, at this point, stands up to Fiona. She quits her job and she says she's moving out. Rhonda says Sam will live with her. And that's like, that's that's it. That's how that goes down. Then it's time for the football game. And Lauren, I'll let you take over here. So this is one of my favorite (laughs) scenes in cinematic history. Mm -hmm. So anyways, she goes into the locker room. Everyone's looking at her. She's a girl in the locker room. She's got something to say. The dream of every girl, really. I've always wanted to go. She's about to tell off Austin Ames and she's going to do it in front of every guy of the football team. She goes up to him and he's like looking at her all confused. Like, why are you in this locker room? And I don't exactly remember the whole speech she gives him. But she says in her Hillary Duff way, waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought. 
useless and disappointing. And then she walks out. No, I mean, Hillary should have won an Oscar for that scene. I mean, that is the meme (laughs) that is around. So Oscar, I love it. (laughs) I mean, come on. It was so good. I remember them making out in the rain, and I just always wanted to make out with someone in the rain on the bleachers in front of everyone, just like that. Our lives are not over. We're going to get our boyfriends to make out with us in the rain. Oh, no. It's going to happen on my wedding day. We do have to talk about that makeout scene, though, because that was some major, like, lip lock for Hillary. Wow. At 15. At 15 at that. We did skip over the fact that, like, Austin was playing football. He does have this realization, like, I want to go get this girl and forget about this football thing. And so he goes up into the stands as Sam is about to leave, and he just kisses her. And she's like, Austin, what are you doing? Something I should have done a long time ago. And then it's just like kiss the the raindrop comes down on his cheek and yeah so it happens and after this like there is a happily ever after for pretty much everyone except for of course fiona but here's how things wrap up turns out there was a hidden will everything like the dad had belonged to sam and the stepsisters had to dig out her acceptance letter out of the trash for princeton Rhonda takes over the diner Carter lands a commercial as an actor and a girlfriend who is the PA announcer at the school. Perfect couple. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, Sam and Austin drive off to Princeton together and she gets her phone back and we hear Anywhere But Here, which is a great Hilary Duff song. And yeah, that's the end of the movie. I mean, the end. It is a great film. I can't wait to watch it again. And just kind of like thinking, like, where does that movie kind of rank as far as early 2000s, like iconic teen films because I think it's like it's up there I say top 10 I will say top 10 I'll say top 10 I mean it's not it's not mean girls and I hate to even say that but, but it's a different it's, kind of movie it's good it is different it's a I would weird. say Cinderella's Rami story Khan. is more in the realm of Freaky Friday yeah yeah and that kind of a Princess Diaries not in the same genre as mean girls I think that's different no yeah you're right you're right yeah just wrapping up, like, on a Cinderella story, I mean, I love this movie. Definitely one of my top favorite Hilary Duff films of all time. I think, you know, iconic, one of her most popular, huge success for her. And, yeah, I mean, any other thoughts from y'all on the movie? It's just you perfect. Said it all. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I can't wait to watch it after I hang up with you. <laughs> so, are we going to play a game now, guys? Yeah, let's do an either or. Well, set up the, the segment and, like, talk about it how it is on your show. So our first episode we ever did, Janet and I wanted to like get, get to, to know, know each other because we didn't know each other at the time. And so we just asked each other some questions. And now it's become something that we do every time we have a guest on, yeah. which is only been twice, but <laughs> it will continue on the more guests we have. And um, yeah, it's just like some early 2000s, late 90s questions to kind of figure out what kind of person you were back then and who you are now. Okay. The first one is very important. It's NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. NSYNC for me. Thank you. Why? I wasn't into the Backstreet Boys songs. I mean, honestly, I had one of their albums, but no, definitely NSYNC. I mean, honestly, just overall, I was more into the pop girls. So Britney was everything and I barely even paid attention to the boy bands. Our next question was Britney or Christina. Yeah, Brittany. Although I saw Christina sing live this past year at the D23 XO and it was everything. Like sometimes Didn't she sing Reflection? Yes, she sang Reflection from Mulan. 
It was incredible. Christina's voice is like she's so good in concert. Like you can't compare anyone to Christina, but Brittany, I think we can all agree is like queen. I know. I mean, before I was obsessed with Hillary, I was obsessed with Brittany. So the original, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So the next one is: Would you rather have been a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney kid? A Disney kid. I was Disney Channel through and through. Yeah. Same. I, I love, love that. Nickelodeon. All right, Jeanette, you got a question? Okay. Based off of the movie we just talked about, a Cinderella story, which sister would you rather get bullied by? Ooh. The stepsisters? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't even remember which one is which, but the girl from the nanny. I would go with her. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's the dumb one. She is the dumb one. Yeah. That's her game. That's her game. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this. Jeanette, like you have no idea. I was just like waiting for this moment. So I'm so happy we got to make it work. Go check out All That in a Bottle of Wine. It brings me so much joy. Not even kidding. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, Lauren, if you had to pick your favorite, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? NSYNC. Are you kidding? Okay, what about you? Nickelodeon or Disney Channel? (coughs) Nickelodeon. Cinderella story or Brandy Cinderella? Jeanette, how dare you put me in that position? Very sorry. Want to hear more about everything else 90s and early 2000s? Listen and subscribe to the All That and a Bottle of Wine, a pop culture podcast discussing the best decades, the 90s and early 2000s. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Duff.